Well, God bless you and praise the Lord, everybody. And thank you for joining us with Reset Forever Ministries podcast. Excellent lesson this weekend. This is Dr. Valerie Simpson and Elder Daniel Simpson. And we are so excited about looking at this lesson, but uh, our hearts are really touched by what is being said. We are in uh, Union Gospel Press, and this is going to be lesson number... I'm looking at our history back from lesson number 10. And it is found in the book of Exodus, chapter number 32, verses uh, 15. And it's going to go down to verse 24. So grab your information, your pens, your paper, whatever uh, type of devices you're going to use. This lesson speaks the heart of God. All right, with that, I'm going to turn it right over to Elder Simpson to go ahead and begin our lesson. God bless you, Elder Simpson. Praise the Lord, everybody. We do have an excellent lesson. As a matter of fact, the Word of God is just awesome. We love it. We love to teach it. We love to study it. Mm-hmm. And we're praying that it will just edify and bless the body of Christ to yeah. our listeners. We're going to set the foundation for this lesson. Um, and it's going to be also in the same chapter. It's actually going to be part of last week's Sunday School lesson. We're going to take a couple of verses out of last yeah. week's lesson. To try to set this lesson up. Amen. So we need a foundation so we can get a clear understanding of just how much God hates sin mm-hmm. of all types. Mm-hmm. But in this lesson... Because it's one thing to hear that God hates sin. But when you read this lesson, you get to visualize what happens in the heart of God and the result of it on the people. Yes. Mm-hmm. So we're going to start the lesson off in Exodus 32... Verse 7. Okay, so we're going back to last week. So yeah. for the foundation, verse number 7 of 32. Did you want me to read it? Yes, Are you going to read it. Okay. Now read it with some enthusiasm now. Well, you, gotta, you, gotta you can't like, help it. Listen. You got to be like God. Oh, you want some drama? Some okay, drama. okay. <laughs> All right, verse number 7. And the Lord said unto Moses, Get thee down. For thy people, not my people, thy people, which thou brought out of the land of Egypt, have corrupted themselves. Yes. And I believe mm. when God said this, he was full of emotion and, and, and uh, just... Anger is an emotion. Yes. I don't want to say anger. Yes, he was angry because mm-hmm. while he and Moses is in the mountain getting the oracles and the Ten Commandments and the tabernacle instructions. Setting things up for them so they could live a quiet and peaceable life and have order and structure. And while he is in the process of doing all this, they're down there, what we'll read about. But you know, anger rests, the Bible says that God is angry with the wicked every day. And this is an example of it. This is an example. Because he goes on to give Moses a little bit more revelation of what the people is doing down at the foot of the mountain. Mm. Okay. Go ahead. Oh, verse number eight. They have turned aside quickly out of the way, which I commanded them. They've turned aside quickly out of the way. I I just gave them commandment and already they've gone another direction. All right. Reading further. They have made themselves, they have made them a molten calf and have worshipped it, and have sacrificed unto, and said, These be the gods, with an S and a small g, 
O Israel, which has brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. So you mean to tell me while the people's at the foot of the mountain mm -hmm. making this molten calf mm -hmm. that God saw them? Looking right at them. But I look, I, I'm looking at what he said. They're saying all of these these. They're saying these are the guys that brought thee out. When did they see a calf crossing across a golden calf coming through the Red Sea? When did they see a calf when they were in the midst of all the palm trees and, and all of the, the pools of water? When did they see a calf, a golden calf, when they were at the waters of Meribah? All of those things should have overweighed in their mind, but instead they corrupted themselves, made this calf, and God tells Moses, your people. Yeah, and I'm quite sure Moses, Moses probably was shocked because he's with God. Oh, he's up he's in the with cloud. the Lord. He's up in the cloud. Getting the instructions how to build the tabernacle, and the tabernacle means dwelling place. It will be God dwelling place among His people. Yeah, I'm making preparations for us to be together. together. I'm putting together a place of excellence for our communication and supplication. A time and a place for us to it, me to pour into you and you to lift me up and etc. And, and and look at this, it's just a big yes. mess going God on. God wanted to, to dwell among His people, and He would not share His glory them. with another. And that stands true to this day. I believe it's Isaiah forty-two and eight. He said, "My praises shall I not give to another, and my glory shall I not give to another. Neither my praises to a graven image." Yes. All right. So in verse, so number, verse 11, uh -huh. read that. Okay, verse 11. And Moses besought the Lord, his God, and said, Lord, why doth thy wrath wax hot against thy people, which thou hast brought forth out of the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand? We have verse 12. All right. Wherefore should the Egyptians speak and say, for mischief he did bring them out? to slay them in the mountains and to consume them from the face of the earth. Turn from thy fierce wrath and repent of this evil against thy people. So now Moses is interceding yes. for the people. Yes. He don't know or he can't see what God has just saw mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. while the people is down there. Uh, like God said, they have made a golden calf, mm -hmm. a molten calf. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They have sacrificed unto it. Mm -hmm. And said, These be the God. The, this is who brought us out of Egypt. Okay, so God is mad. Now, it's again, not like, you know, they were having this talk. All right, Moses, write this down. This is how the tabernacle is going to be made. And All right, Moses, write this down. You've got the Ten Commandments. Set that aside. Now, Moses, let me give you the oracles. And it, look over there. Did you see? Oh, my. And then he, it wasn't like it took God by surprise like that. No, God knew it was going to happen. But the thing was, when he looked upon it and saw it, it stirred wrath and kindled a flame of anger and infuriation in the heart of God. As I was saying, as we were talking earlier, that, um, you know, it's one thing to know that something is going on that is contrary to what you hope for. Everything, that, it could be a, a very heartbreaking situation. It's one thing to know about it or to hear about it, but when you see it with your eyes, something rises up within you. And this is the God we serve. He, he, oh, he is very passionate and he can be touched 
by the feelings of our infirmities. So when God looked upon it, not that he was ignorant of it, but when he looked at it and saw it, that's what Moses meant. Why doth thy wrath wax hot against thy people? In other words, the wrath was so hot that it was transforming into such fury and what God was going to do, according to Moses, repent of the evil. Yes, Moses had to stand between God and his people. He had intercede. to. He was the intercept. But can you imagine Moses? He's in the mountain mm -hmm. with the Lord. Mm -hmm. And the Lord has given him instructions on mm -hmm. how to build a tabernacle and the, and the high priestly garments and all of this stuff. Gave him 40 different things to build for the tabernacle. So many and then things. all of a sudden, guys, he, the Lord gets angry. All of a sudden, it just the, the fury, it's like the fire just all of a sudden, like a furnace just begins to explode. And Moses is cool and calm for right now. Right now. And he intercedes. Lord. And so, why are you getting so hey, why are you waxing so hot and hot. angry? Yes. Can you imagine Moses? What he observed, because it had to be a stark switch <laughs> from the conversation. We're setting this up, we're laying this out, we're gonna give him this, we're gonna make provisions for that, we're gonna bless him, write it all down because yeah. this is all here's the then, here's the anointing oil. Here's yeah, oh the, my god. The incense, yes. the holy incense, here's yeah. the high priest we're gonna offer up sacrifices of, over here. Yeah, the breastplate of righteousness for the high priest. Here's, yeah. here's how to build the altar. Here's how to build the the, 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 the inner seat. they're gonna come into the inner mm. court and they're gonna worship me and I'm gonna exchange with them. Then the high priest is gonna come in once a year and and I'm going to do all of the uh, communicating in there. He's just going to do all the receiving. All of this thing, but while he's setting it up, setting up, you know what? Sometimes God is setting things up for us right at the very moment while we are in the midst of offending him with our life and our sins. Mm -hmm. And this is what's going on. Yeah. And so it flips. <laughs> yeah. I can't say God is, you know, flipping or anything like that. But I can say that it stirred, it's like his anger went from zero to 60 and, you know, the twinkling of an eye. Yes. So that's what we're experiencing here. And so this was when, after Moses had went into the cloud and all this is happening while he's in the cloud from last week's lesson. So now we can get to the lesson since we laid a good foundation. Okay, so let's go ahead. Well, our foundation to... was that God saw what the children of Israel was doing mm -hmm. while him and Moses was in the mount. Mm -hmm. And Moses intercedes mm -hmm. and gets God to change his mind about destroying the people. Because he was going to take them out. Yes. So in verse 15 of the lesson. Okay. So now we're, in, now we're in the lesson. So that's going to be Exodus chapter 32 and verse 15 for November the 8th. And it reads... And Moses turned and went down from the mountain, and the two tablets of the testimony were in his hand. The tablets were written on both their sides, on the one side and on the other were they written. So he had two tablets, and on one side he had commandments, on the other side he had commandments. That He's God coming down the mountain. His, that God written with his own finger. finger. They were written and etched in stone with the, by the finger of God, and here comes Moses. Even with all of he, he had to intercede while he's up there in the cloud. And he's coming down. And here is this part really kind of stu stuns me. Um, 
one, written on one side and the other. Verse 16, and the tablets were the work of God and the writing was the writing of God graven upon the tables. All right, verse 17, and when Joshua, so now he's connected back to Joshua. Yes. So, because Joshua could only go so far, only Moses could go into the clouds. So now right. he's coming down, he's descended the mountain enough to meet back up with Joshua. All right, so now when Joshua heard the noise of the people as they shouted, he said unto Moses, there's a noise of war in the camp. Yes. There's, you know, there's something dreadful going on down there. And he said, and that's Moses, it's not the voice of them that shout for mastery, neither is it the voice of them that cry for being overcome, but the noise of them that do sing, do I hear? Yes. See, that mastery means to be a, a shout of victory, like Right, that they've overthrown, they, like when they would come back from war. war. Yes. And that war cry that we come back with the victory. Victor, victorious. Yeah, I don't hear That's not what I'm hearing. That's so Moses, Moses got a little bit more information or revelation than Joshua. He's got this discernment. He's well, discernment. God had already told him that they built a molten calf. Right. And they had sacrifice unto it. But he also has the discernment that this sound, no, this doesn't sound like the cry of those that are, this doesn't sound like a cry of mastery. Yeah. It doesn't, neither does it sound like uh, the voices of those that have been overcome. overcome. Been I don't, that's not what it sounds like. Been defeated in battle. Come on, there's a sound. Now see, there's a sound. But this sound. There's a sound. Of singing mm -hmm. or making music to celebrate. But the sound, they, but the noise of them that do sing, do I hear? I yes. hear a singing. They celebrate, because remember, Aaron declared proclamation mm -hmm. and said, "Oh Israel, these be the gods that." We're gonna read that. Yeah. And so he said, "Now that that's what I'm hearing. I, you think it's the sound of a war, but nope, it's not that. It's not that, Joshua. See, what Joshua really needed to learn from Moses to discern. You can see how he's being a good protege." to Moses and Moses is being a good mentor to him so nope that's not what I hear it's the, the sound of those that do sing alright verse number 19 and it came to pass now this part here as soon as he came nigh into the camp now that word nigh means near he haven't went into the center of the camp yet. Mm -hmm. but as soon as he come nigh or near the camp mm -hmm. now what God had showed him now, spoke to him mm -hmm. now he sees it he now that I've it. got the camp in my sight now that I've come close enough to see uh huh what's the first thing you see Moses and it came to pass as soon as I came nigh into the camp that he saw the calf just what God had told him now I see now I see why your your wrath was waxed so so hot. Okay, and that molten calf is an Egyptian god mm -hmm. called. I think it's Apius. Yes. Or and and that is a god of fertility, I believe it is. Apius is a god of. Oh, let me see. I'm sorry. Oh, it was the that was the god of uh, primordial power. Fertility um, and primordial power. Fertility and primordial power, which means first created or developed existing from the beginning. Yeah. So this is what that calf represented. So not it didn't just represent 
a calf as a god, but it it represented uh, the primordial part as well as the fertility part. So a god kind of like multiple um, powers and recognition. So it makes it gods with an S and with a small g because it was representative. And you can tell that when you begin to look at the if you study it and you look at the ancient, you know, they took the earrings off and they threw them. But when you look at those earrings that they wore back in Egypt in those days, it has images on it. And it's more than one image. So, but they, that's the way they were. They had all these gods that they worshiped. And a pious was the representation of all of this worship. So when they say gods, it's all inclusive of those. All right, all right, where are we at now? Verse number 19, no, he saw the calf, okay, and then it said in the second half of verse 19, and the dancing. So they're having a celebration, they're feasting, because that's what Aaron proclaimed. And that's what they do, they they celebrate. The, the, the Jews are, Jew, are, are a culture of celebrators, and they go on for weeks and weeks, and so they're used to celebrating, but in this case, the celebration was all wrong. And Moses, as you said, Aaron is, we're going to read it, but Aaron is the one who is to be blamed. So, and so he saw the dancing, he saw the calf first, then he saw the dancing, and then now Moses, he turns white hot like God was. Well, you know what I mean. He gets as hot, as angry as he could. Anger, Moses' anger waxed hot, and he cast out he cast the tablets out of his hands and break them beneath the mouth. So now most understand why God waxed hot. And his anger. and what his action was was a demonstration of his wrath. And his demonstration of his wrath um, reflects the demonstration of God's wrath because Moses broke broke the commandments, the tablets of stone, but God was ready to kill him. And well, Moses had to plead for him. Yes, and Moses had to demonstrate. Uh, this type of wrath so God wrath could be turned away from destroying all of the children of Israel. Yeah, he, he went time. about another way and we're going to see that. He yeah. goes about another way of um, of leveling uh, punishment against them versus the extreme capital punishment where God was going to destroy them. But there was punishment. Well, that's why you mercy need. In it, though. Well, you need somebody to intercede. You do. You need a high priest. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You need somebody to go to God on your behalf mm -hmm. and plead your case. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And Moses, in this lesson, is a good example of that. Of a high priest. Yes. Yeah. God, why are you going to be angry with your people? What the Egyptians are going to say? Mm -hmm. You brought them out here, and for mischief, you destroyed them in the wilderness. Mm -hmm. We Got told them all the Egyptians. Dead up in the mountains and everything. We we told the Egyptians in Pharaoh's court mm -hmm. that three day journey. If they was going to worship you in the mountains. We're going to worship. Uh-huh. We're going to worship. And then they get the report back. Oh, he killed them in the mountains. And their, their bodies are all dead over. And their carcasses are laying out in the desert. They're all at the foot of Mount Sinai. Yeah, they're not, the God took them out there, but he killed them. That's so, what he wanted. Yeah. So then, if they would have did that, God, now they're going to write in their halls of Congress. Uh-huh. On such and such a day, this... God took the slaves out of Egypt and destroyed them in the wilderness. But that's not the God that I know. I know you're a God of mercy. Yeah. And for your name's sake, Lord. 
and for the testimony of what you said you would do. Have mercy on them. It's, yes, you, you made a promise and a covenant, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that you were going to give them one that was going to reign over them and so and that they were going to be a people unto you you kill them all of that's done so this is mercy god chose mercy and it's not like he's trying to get god to rationalize he's just pleading because god hears the prayers of the righteous and the effectual fervent prayers even though that scripture wasn't out there we do see the effectual fervent prayer of this righteous man moses it availed much because of it if it, if it didn't they would have been dead that day. They would have been wiped out and God would have gave Moses a whole nother nation of people to follow and to lead. Well, he told Moses, he said, I'll raise up a people unto I'll you. I'll raise up a people unto you, Moses. Amen. All right. So, okay. Oh, oh, okay. So you want to go to verse 20? This yes, one? verse 20. See how Moses was something else. And so verse 20 says... And he took the calf which they had made. Now and the calf was the, the god of... Okay, Apias. Apias. He took Apias, the Egyptian god, this, this bull. Uh-huh. And he burnt it in fire and ground it into powder and strawed it into the water and made the children of Israel drink of it. See, Moses angered wax hot. Yeah. So it's like he 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 substitute death. God anger and say let me let me deal with them. And God had to be satisfied with what Moses did. That's right. Just like Christ on the cross mm-hmm. took the wrath for us. Yeah, we can really go in on that one because and, that was And God be, had to be satisfied with what Christ did for us. On it the it cross really did. For his anger to pass from us mm-hmm. and to give us salvation and the Holy Spirit and the blood. I mean, we, we might as well say it. You know, um, you know, we did, the Bible says we did esteem him. And this is Isaiah 53. We always hear about wounded, bruised. But it said we did esteem him, smitten, um, stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. What does that mean? It means we looked at him like, oh, his punishment, he's being smitten by God and afflicted for some of his own, you know, folly. That's the way he was esteemed because he was being hung on a cross and because he was being bit, beaten. He said, but he was wounded for our transgression and he was bruised for our iniquities. So there, it, again, like I always say, the wrath of God against sin was felt in the body of Jesus Christ. That's why it pleased the Lord to bruise him. And he brought many sons unto yes. repentance. So that is a whole nother lesson that but this we is, take. But this is the type and the shadow of This is a very of powerful Moses type. standing in the gap for He's, these people. Because they had, they had sinned. This was, this was violating the second commandment. Thou shalt make no graven image. And the first one was, thou shalt have no other God before me. And what did they say? These are the gods that brought us out of Egypt. Yeah. So we know they broke at least two other commandments. Yes. And then among the dancing, what were they doing? You know, and then a lot of other things were going on. So there were other commandments, I'm sure, that were being broken at that time. All at the time where God's setting this up. So in verse number, are we going to go ahead to 24? 21. 21. And Moses said unto Aaron, what did this people unto thee? What did they do to you, Aaron? 
Aaron, what did the people do to you? What did this people unto thee that thou hast brought so great a sin upon them? Now look at this. He's putting it, he's laying it squarely on Aaron. What did they do to you to bring such a great sin upon them? Because Aaron, like Moses, mm -hmm. should have known God's purpose for these people. And what happened? Because Aaron? Aaron was there from the very beginning. Matter yeah. of fact, Aaron went out to meet Moses while he was staying at Jephro's place, his mm -hmm. father-in-law. Mm -hmm. And when Moses said, you know, hey, I can't talk, I'm not a good speaker, he said, here's your brother Aaron. He can speak, he'll be your mouthpiece. So Aaron was right there. Aaron performed some miracles, mm -hmm. you know. And I believe Aaron heard the voice of God as well, you know, when, when God was dealing with Moses. So Aaron had an intimate relationship with God also. That's right. Whereas Moses could trust Aaron with the people while he went up to God. And that's mouth. what he told them. If there's any problems among you, go to Aaron and to her. Well, it was more so Aaron because Aaron was out front. And he was the high priest in so many words at that particular point, even though they didn't have high priest yet because he was giving them that order. But Aaron was the next man in charge. Aaron, what did they do to you? What did they do to you to make you bring this kind of sin upon them? You brought sin upon That's them. That's right. What they must, what did they choke you? Did they, you know, did they hog tie you? Did they threaten you? What did they do to you to make you do this? Let's see what, Mo, what Aaron has to say about that. And then verse number 22, and Aaron said, um, Oh, let not thy anger of my Lord wax hot. Thou knoweth the people that they are set in on mischief. Oh, you know, you know these people are you so, know these people are wicked. So Moses, Aaron, don't get mad at me. So Aaron wasn't gonna take the blame. He, was, <laughs> he put the blame back on the people. Oh, you you know that you know these people aren't right. You know, they the people aren't right, Moses. Don't be angry with me because this, it's not me, it's them. You know, they say this from back in Genesis, <clears throat> in chapter number three, when the sin happened. And he said, what have you done? And first thing that Adam said, it's the woman you gave me. And then the woman, she pointed her finger, it's that serpent. And you know what they say? People have been pointing their fingers ever since. We see right here, where Aaron is like, oh, don't, no, don't get mad at me. It's the people. He's pointing at them. Yeah. But he's the leader. Because mischief means a plot to do evil. He's the leader, and he allowed this plot to do something evil. And yes, a plot to a building a calf and worshiping it and calling it the God that brought you out of Egypt is a plot to do evil, and you did it. Yeah. So I'm quite sure that when Aaron was, was making this molten image, mm -hmm. this calf, I'm quite sure people was like, give us the most powerful God out of Egypt. Which one y'all want? The most, this, Apiah. And Apiah, and, and what is he, and they say it right there in verse 23. For they said unto me, make us gods. We shall go, be, which, which shall go before us. For as this Moses, this man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we want not what has become of him. We don't know what's going on. It's been 40 days or 39 days, whatever it was. We don't know what's happened to him. Make us some gods. Yeah. Okay. I don't see anywhere where he starts an argument or there's any discussion or negotiations or rationale or reasoning with the people, rebuking the people trying to settle them down and to get them to understand we have to be patient and wait on the real God. He's done too much. He's brought us this far. 
Just wait a little while longer. I don't see any of that. You're the leader. You had opportunity to avert this situation, but what did you do? Aaron said, give me the earrings. That's Break them off. Break them off. Break off your earrings. Come on, give me your bracelets. Give me all your jewelry. All right, we're going to do this. He was not kicking and screaming. He was not protesting. He was not contesting their decision. He just said, okay, give me your gold. Just hand it to me. I got something. I will do this. And so, and, and so he said, for um, in verse 24, And I said unto them, Whosoever have any gold, let them break it off. So they gave it to me, then I cast it into the fire. And there came out this calf. Came out of fire. Look at this. You know, I just threw the calf. They gave me the gold and I threw it in the fire. And look at this. this a calf came out. You know, no accountability for eating number one. No accountability for not correcting the people. Number two, no accountability that I told them to give me the gold. No accountability that I threw it in the fire. Not even for the artistry of putting it together and crafting it and so forth and so on. It, it's not like it just turned into a calf in he, fire. Yes, he wouldn't even take the credit. None, none of the blame. I take no responsibility here, Moses, all the way to the end. Yeah, that's why he, he was he was in line. He was in, he was in line to die in the wilderness. But this is what it says in Deuteronomy chapter 19, verse 20. Okay. So Deuteronomy, so in case someone's taking notes, 19 and 20. Verse 9. Oh, I'm sorry. Deuteronomy. Chapter 9. Oh, chapter 9. Okay. Verse 20. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 9. Okay, verse 20. Go ahead. And the Lord was very angry with Aaron to destroy him. Mm -hmm. And I pray for Aaron also at the same time. Mm -hmm. And most I took your sins, the calf which you made, I burned it with fire, stamped it, and grinded it to very small, even until it was as small as the dust. Mm -hmm. And I cast it, and I cast the dust there of into the brook that descended out of the mountain. And you made them drink that water. Mm -hmm. So Moses had to do something to turn God's anger away. He had to totally, completely annihilate that. God, that Egyptian God of pious. So, you know, um, you know, the um, wrath of God was appeased by the blood of sacrifices. That And that appease means, okay, that will calm me down for right now. But, but sin stinks in my nostrils and the wages of sin is death. Something has to, somebody has to die for their sin. Alright, I'm going to appease you. And he did that in this case by taking this calf that they had made, number one, we're going to get rid of this because this is not going to exist in the presence of God and in this camp. So Moses takes it, throws it in the fire, burns it up, stomps it down into the smallest possible denominator or molecule, I don't know, whatever, um, particles that he could. And then he throws it into the water and then he takes that water with that calf in and makes them drink it. And that appeased or held back the wrath of God for a season. Yeah, but we'll find out the next week lesson his judgment did come. Mm -hmm. But in this week lesson, Moses had to confront this sin and totally get rid sin of it out of God's confronted. sight. You can't just say, okay, um, so, so the example would be if Moses had it came down and said, oh my God, 
what have you done here? And then they say, oh, well, no, we just, and then, all right, all right, everybody, are you sorry? Yeah, we're sorry. All right, well, everybody just rejoice. All right, now everything's okay. It doesn't work that way. That is not the way that it works. And Moses knew it as a leader. There's going to have to be, God has to deal with it. Number one, it has to be confronted. It can't be denied. It can't be sugar-coated, and it can't be ignored. It has to be dealt with. So this is the way that we're seeing. And all of these things that were written, the scripture says, uh, before time were written for our learning and our admonition, so that we may be learned in the word admonition to be warned. So we are to be warned that sin is going, it needs to be dealt with, and God is going to confront it at some point. And there's all matters of sin. It may not be that this building of images, it may not be sexual, it may not be, you know, glutton, gluttonous, it could just be rebellion, it could just be disobedience, it could just be cruelty, it could be a lot of things. A lot of times God is, is looking at pastors and leadership and seeing how they're going to deal with, his deal with sin and his in people. the church. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And this is how Moses dealt with it in he dealt with it. this congregation that he mm-hmm. brought up, uh, out of Egypt into the mountain of God. Mm-hmm. They sinned. They mm-hmm. sinned a great sin. This was not something that was likely. Mm-hmm. And, and I say, too, with that, that even though he dealt with it, it seems like, oh, my God, he, he built it. And, it, I mean, he broke it down. He made them drink the water. Wow, Moses was cruel. Moses was something else. He was hard. But Moses was coming in, and he was dealing with it in the place of death. He was dealing with it in a way that would avert death. But the people's heart, you know, is what God is going to ultimately deal with. Well, you got to know your God. You got to know your God. And Moses knew. And be knew. mighty. And do ex- if you're going to do exploits. Yeah, you got to know your God. Moses knew God because God revealed things to Moses. Mm-hmm. And Moses saw, mm-hmm. like we laid the foundation, he it's saw sense. God being cool, calm and showing him things. And then all of a sudden, he Moses like, why is your wrath? This set me off, Moses. Wax hot. If there's anything that sets me off. Idolatry. Mm-hmm. Sin. Mm-hmm. It says me they already all that I've turned done, away quickly from the commandments. I created them, and I created them in the image, my image, and my likeness. I delivered them. I brought them out on eagles' wings. I provided for them. I gave them quail. I preserved them. I was a cloud by night, and and I was fire by night, and a cloud by day. I was everything, and then this is what I get in my face. So God was definitely. Inferior. So that, so I think this is a good lesson to for us to say that, okay, this is the way with my human thinking and with my, because humans are capable of sin, capable of evil. And I think one way of looking at it is that even though um, we may not see it as anything that is so serious or so obnoxious or so extreme, that is in our mind. But God says, my ways and my thoughts are not yours. As heavens are higher than the earth, and my thoughts above yours, you know, you know, he ha- we have to realize, just because in our head it doesn't look like a big deal, with God, it may make his wrath wax hot. Well, that's why we got the word of God to gleam to it and look at it and see just what God think about sin and his reaction towards it. Mm -hmm. Now we're under grace, we get a little bit bit more mercy than what? 
Well, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> because of Jesus, because of the kindness of Jesus. This is lemon water, you know. So, but the kindness of Jesus, you know, He has been a little, dealt with us. Not He has not dealt with us according to our sins, is what it says in Psalms, and that is very true. But also, we're under grace, which means we have been empowered. We have been empowered. Behold, I give unto you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions. So we are not subject anymore, according to Romans, unto sin, because we're no longer under the law, but now we're under grace. So God has empowered us. And so now we are without excuse. Again, the book of Romans. So um, we have been put in a place where not only God is expecting us to do better, but God has empowered us to do better. But in order to have that power and to use that power, you need to be filled with God's Spirit. Not only filled with the Spirit, but you have to be prayed up and you have to know your word so you can be led and directed. You have to have a relationship, not just be a people called by his name, but a people with a relationship with God, that walk with God. And, and above that, if you love somebody, you don't want to hurt them. A good husband will not deliberately hurt his wife. A good wife will not deliberately hurt her husband. A good parent will not deliberately just abuse their child. Not a good one. So if you love God and you know that things offend him and hurt him, that should be enough because I've given you power enough to do it. So this lesson, God confronts sin, is very, very telling uh, as to where the blame lies. And the blame lies on, in this case, it was on the leadership of Aaron. It also shows where the mercies of God were afforded, which were on the leadership of Moses. But the responsibility now lies square on us. He doesn't wink at sin anymore. The Bible does. The Bible says that in the book of Acts. God no longer winks at sin, but he's requiring of us, every one of us, to live according to his word. Well, this is a good lesson. Amen. It is a good lesson. Well, um, well, we'll be back on, if the Lord says the same, we'll be back on next week. And we will pick up from where God confronts the sin. And we will find out, I think you said in next week's lesson, uh, God is now is going to judge the sin. So get your hearts prepared for that. But God bless everybody that has joined us. And we're just going to go ahead and give honor to the King, eternal, immortal, and invisible. To him be glory and honor forever and ever. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you.